if you're in a relationship where you just say yes, but you don't really mean it, but like you just don't want to have the fight and then later on you're going to be mad about it, ask for permission to bring your advocate with you to your mediation. Lawyer-assisted mediation is a phenomenal, phenomenal option. All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast where we're going to dive in on relationships, love, lust, dating, science, philosophy, psychology, and so much more. We are also on iTunes, so if you guys are tuning in from there, I would appreciate a little review. And if you're watching here on YouTube, then hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button, so you guys are uh, going to get notifications on when we go live sometimes because, you know, we do this kind of thing sometimes if we go live. And uh, tonight, or today, I'm actually really excited for today's guest because it's kind of like this is in my wheelhouse. This is what I've been kind of doing for like the last like three years, I would say. And uh, but she's well more versed than I am, and I'm glad to have her kind of on here. She's a person that wears many hats, and she's very good at all of them. So she's an attorney. Uh, you mediate. You speak at events. You've also written a book. You're an author. Um, this is great, Gabrielle. Excited for today's conversation. I'm glad to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here with you, Rob, today. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, kind of you know I, I've mentioned some some of the things that you're involved in, but I'm more or less like kind of interested in like the motivation behind all that. Like let's dial the curtain. You know, let's let's dial the clock back a little bit and pull let's the curtain back. Let's dial it way uh, back. <laughs> however far you want, and you know we let's start a little bit from from there and let's talk about like how you kind of got started into this whole thing. Okay, great. So um, when I grew up, back in the Stone Age, I've never said that before, but okay, full admission. <laughs> um, I was nine and my brother was six, and um, I grew up in New York City, and my parents had a shared custody arrangement when that was like really not a thing. Like I went to public school in Brooklyn, like everybody saw their dad, you know, every other weekend. I was like, for a long time, I was the only person who had married parents. Then, you know, I joined the club of divorced parents, except my dad was always around, super duper involved. And it was considered weird. And I was like, you know, told throughout my life, like, oh my gosh, you're like so amazing given your broken home, your circumstances. And it, it really irritated me. And by the time I got to law school, I was like, I am not taking family law. I'm so done with this topic. Like my parents were sort of like braggy about like what amazing divorced parents they were. And I was like, you know, you guys are okay, but you know, um, but I didn't think they were that perfect, obviously, because you know, who thinks their parents are perfect anyway, right? So, so anyhow, I had I, I decided to take family law pass fail. I had a lot of opinions. I kept my mouth shut. People would raise their hands, and they clearly had not grown up with divorced parents because their opinions were like, you know, they just they were like, well, why? You know, they'd ask questions about alimony and child support that like. Anyway, just showed a very cursory sort of understanding, which, you know, that's no shame to them. It's just I had a very deep understanding because it was like my life, right? So so then, you know, as fate and luck would have it, I wound up getting this job that I did not apply for to work for um, Judge Jeffrey Sunshine, who's actually the chief judge of divorce court in the state of New York. And when I worked for him, I resolved nearly a thousand trial-ready, insane cases. And I saw how much damage the process um, and the media and the practice does to families. And I realized how amazing my family was. I remember saying to my parents like, wow, working for the judge is like way better than 
any therapy could ever be, right? <laughs> so, so. I guess it gives you a little bit of gratitude <laughs> for kind of like what you've been through, right? After dealing totally. with, you know, you said thousands of cases, you've seen so yeah. many things and you've heard so many things probably, yeah. right? Well, so, maybe hundreds, like nearly a thousand. But yeah, like I definitely, I saw a lot. I've been exposed to a lot. And, and it really, it just like weighed on me. And all the while I was a yoga practitioner and I just had this like really strong feeling for a long time before I wrote it that like I wanted to bring together mindfulness and divorce. And I wanted to create a protocol to help people navigate forward even when they are stuck in the junk of the divorce process. And there is a lot of junk there. I always say to people, they come in or, you know, I do a lot of mediation online, which is very handy today in the Corona days. I'm like, great, because I already have my online practice. Um, I say to people, you know, they come in and they tell me this very complicated story and I say, you know, or they think their story is complicated. I say, you know, actually from a legal perspective, from a financial extrication perspective, from a child management perspective, most of us have pretty generic sets of issues that can fall into certain boxes. Now, obviously, the facts and circumstances and emotions and players are highly nuanced, right? Um, but from the legal point of view, you're not going to get the emotional satisfaction that you're looking for, even if you spend all the money you have and the money you don't yet have. So anyway, so my mission is really, you know, I have a, a, a few different sort of parts. Like you said, I wear many hats. I train life coaches in... Um, <clears throat> I get I give them upper level training so that they can better understand both the divorce process and the better part method. And that's like a 12 credit course that I do. And I train divorce professionals in just a two hour quick thing on the better part method. I do I do divorce legal strategy with clients and then I do mediation and I talk about self care all over the place. So I'm going to be in Hawaii in the mm. fall if, uh, if if we're back to regular air travel again. Yeah, when when regular programming is going to commence back to to regular, you know, regular schedule. I guess it's it's kind of crazy with all the stuff that's going on, but you know, this is awesome. Like I can dive in on so many of those things that you touched in on there. And I want to talk a little bit about um I guess like the the background that you had in I guess, you know, litigation with having to deal with like divorce court and having to deal with family law and then also mediation because, you know, that's a it's really a hot topic and I mean, um you know, I also want to commend you on having Put out a course like that out there because like divorce isn't going to go anywhere um i think a lot of life coaches can benefit from having taken these kinds of courses because you know these are ones of the one of the kinds of issues that you're going to get faced with when dealing with the client uh, like separations and divorces and knowing how to like understand what they're going through is kind of important so i'm, I'm glad that you have really? something like that out there thank you um but let's talk about about you know you have a lot of experience in you know i guess litigation <clears throat> and, and things like that and so i guess in your opinion do you think um with all that's going on with the system and the precedence that's been set in the courts right now do you believe that this is the right way that we're headed now or are we taking a, a, a still a step back or are we still staying are we staying stag stagnant about it you're like talking about your, you're not talking about like right that? now like you're you're not you're talking about like pre-corona like yeah. we're not talking about like the panic yeah. that's happening yeah no, so, no 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 you know it's funny it really depends on the location um while i've been promoting um my book better apart I, i'm sorry i have to do this 
<laughs> so people can see yeah, it on your um, YouTube channel. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have noticed that the West Coast, they're really forward thinking. Um, again, it might be anecdotal. I might be dealing with people who are more forward thinking and open to meditation and mindfulness and yoga, but the system itself is still pretty um, traditional, right? Now there's forward movement into that shared parenting is a default in many, many places, meaning that it's not the assumption that mom gets custody and dad just gets visits. However, the process is still very, um, it's treated the same way like a car accident, right? Like you have your due process, which you have to have. Your due process is your rights to go to court and have your case heard. And from the legal perspective, I know this is like dry and probably not that interesting um, for you or your listeners, but it's like, it's a benefit burden. So if the judges make really quick decisions, then they don't get to hear all the information properly, right? So that's that's why it takes so long. Sometimes people, people will say like, Oh, why is this taking forever? It's so obvious. She hasn't let me see the kids in three months. I need to see the kids. And then <clears throat> her lawyer comes in and says, God knows what really quickly. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? Like now I'm not seeing my kids again. And right. I mean that I've been there. It happens. It makes me crazy. That's a reason that I do mediation and I do coaching because I can't stand it. Um, but to your, to answer your question, Unfortunately, I don't think things are changing as quickly as would serve our families. I think we are um, slowly but surely getting there in certain pockets of the country. I think another problem is even the places where they're doing it in a good way, even when we have our well-meaning practitioners, um, there's just not enough resources for the courts to have mediators present in many of the courts. I think people do believe in mediation in a way that they didn't when I was a baby lawyer. Um, but um, but it's not as commonplace as I wish it were. No, I, I promote mediation a lot actually, because I use it myself. I mean, in terms of like, when, when there are high conflicts, obviously high conflict cases, when there's absolutely communication is just broken down, people are early negative statements at each other. Mediation is one of the best things that could ever happen to you, especially when you're going through a separation or divorce. And so, I mean, I, let's talk a little, let's, let's segue a little bit from the legal side, because I mean, the legal side, yes, it's not that pretty. We all understand that, you know, equal shared parenting is better for families, but it's just, it sucks that it's not getting there as quick as possible. And so we, we've all understood this, but I mean, I think, states are starting to come along uh, and provinces up here in Canada are starting to kind of understand the, I guess the backlash and all the things that men and women go through during these types of, um, I guess, litigation and back and forth and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, let's move a little bit about the, let's talk about, you know, like the, the, the resolve of everything, which I think is mediation um, to your point um, of working with couples and, 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 consciously uncoupling which i love i really love this whole idea of putting your ego aside and kind of connecting with each other on kind of like a humanistic level and totally. empathizing and, and let's so so let's get into that and why did you and i know you're a yogi and stuff and you're very probably <laughs> spiritual and um and zen and all that i'm not calm so like, i'm not what? zen that's why i do all this stuff i have to become <laughs> calm i am not a naturally calm person ask anybody who knows fair, me. fair uh, enough 
But fair enough. And so, but, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So let, let let yeah. Let's just dive in on on kind of like like your angle on on this whole on 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 mediation and your approach to it. Yeah. And okay. So so this is you're asking like sort of two things. Just in terms of the mediation, I would just encourage any of your listeners that if you think you can possibly mediate, meaning come to an agreement together, find yourself a mediator who is. Um, as neutral or or as directive as you may need, okay? That's tip number one. And tip number two is, if you're in a relationship where you just say yes, but you don't really mean it, but like you just don't wanna have the fight and then later on you're gonna be mad about it, ask for permission to bring your advocate with you to your mediation. Lawyer-assisted mediation is a phenomenal, phenomenal option. I even do lawyer-assisted mediation online with people in these crazy corona days. You do not need to wait for six months for things to clear up, right? So that's the mediation question. But the conscious uncoupling, which that that's, I think, Catherine Woodward Thomas made that up, but People Magazine said that, you know, the better part method is the how-to of the conscious uncoupling um, method. Mm. Um, I guess because Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. endorsed my book, maybe. So, so what it is is it's <laughs> shout, a, shout out to Gwyneth. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I'm extraordinarily um, appreciative, Gwyneth. So, so it is a protocol that can help you modulate your own responsiveness no matter what is coming at you. And I know there's a lot of garbage coming at you, right? So it's through five essential elements. And I'm gonna really quickly take you through them and tell you what they mean. Yeah, let's do that. I actually have them written down too. Okay, like, good. Okay. Commit them it. to your yeah, mind. So, so they are all a mindfulness protocol and each of the, so, so in the book and in the method, um, and the other thing I didn't mention is I do have a masterclass that you can buy on my website that comes with a complimentary session with me. Um, so, so if you if you're not a reader and you just want like the main points, it's like 12 six minute videos that sort of bring you forward through the process and give you some writing exercises. So the method yeah. is as follows. Shout out to the introverts there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you know, and then you can talk to me um, if you have like a specific okay. issue. So. So they are as follows. Number one, patience. Okay, so anyone who's gone through a divorce knows you need to be patient with who? With everybody, with yourself, with your ex, with your court, with the mother, with the children, with the therapist, with all of the allied professionals who aren't seeing your perspective. Things are going too slowly, blah, 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 blah. Like the list goes on and on. So how, okay, so I'm gonna answer for you the how and the why. Why patience? because patience is gonna help you to make better decisions. You're going to be responsive rather than reactive. How? How to be patient, take space, take mental space, take physical space, take a pause, take a breath, take 10 minutes. Okay, so that's sort of, that's the quick, quick, quick version of patience. So I'm gonna move on. The second one is respect, okay. So when I'm talking about respect, I'm referring to self-respect first and foremost. When you are getting a divorce, you might feel like a big loser. You might have a lot of shame. You might feel stigmatized. You might feel alone. Um, the whole process, it can be emasculating if you're a guy, if you're a woman, it could be you know, demeaning. I mean, there's, a, you know, I don't mean to be so gendered, but I, you know, there's, there's just a lot of issues that can make you feel bad. 
One really nice tip, which is a quick one, anybody can do is create stronger boundaries. Um, you know, don't throw away relationships. You might have people in your life who like make you feel like crap and you're like, oh, they're not my real friend. They're not really there for me, blah, blah, blah. Just remember, everybody can be there for you in different ways in your life. So my grandfather used to always say, never throw anyone away, put them on a shelf. I love that. Shelf mm. people, spend more time with people love who that. are making you feel elevated and making you feel good. That doesn't mean go out and party and like, you know, feel good. I'm going to be with my drinking buddies all the time. Although, you know, if you're not too crazy, mm -hmm. it's okay to go out once in a while, but be with people who are resonating with your sense of how you want to feel in your life. And, and the, the main tenet of the whole thing, which when I train lawyers, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, we all want to feel good, right? We all want to feel like we have self-respect and we're having respect from others. And the good thing about self-respect is then when things come at you, if you have boundaries and you can take space, and now we've just done two of the five issues, we're already moving forward a little. We can respond better. Okay. Yeah. So, that's good. That is, I just want to stop you there. I want to jump in right there because yeah. like the respect part is so huge. It really is. I think it gets lost in translation a lot. I think, and I just wanted to jump in because it's so important. I think a lot of people, men especially, they lose this part of themselves. And I think women do this too equally as well, where they can't draw the boundary for themselves. They don't know where the point of respect actually lies. They, I guess they've maybe been a doormat or something like that their whole relationship and they just don't know how to step out of that. And I think what you're saying here is just so so underrated for a lot of people and i think it relates into everything else like decision making um totally. intelligence being able to uh you know and, and being able to spot that in your future partners as well if you're going to be out there dating and things like that so and yeah i this love is, how this you is. just said women feel that way too because of course i'm on like you know tons and tons of female podcasts and they assume it's just women who feel this way but you know i'm always mm. saying like men have feelings too i most of my coaching clients are actually men um interestingly um but anyway because i don't i i don't think there's like enough support so i'm so happy that you're doing this show robin so so i want to go to the, the third element okay, third one so, yeah let's do it. it's clarity right okay, okay um well maybe it is in the book i do peace usually but i i oh, um, peace? Okay. yeah yeah this is a funny one because peace is like, like, what the hell does that mean, right? Like rainbows and unicorns, right? It's not, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about with peace is just getting to neutral, getting to a place where you feel eh, you feel okay, right? So that's about how you want to feel. You want to feel like you're like, you're static, like good, okay self. You're not depressed, you're not elated, you're just at peace, you're calm, you're cool, right? But there's another piece to it, and that's the relational piece. So how do you get to meh with your ex, right? Because she may be doing something or he may be doing something that is so unbelievably frustrating to you and you want your, you want your head to blow off, right? You don't want it to, you feel like it's gonna blow off. The peace piece, <laughs> the peace part is to notice the neutral as much as possible because we need to hear something like eight positives or neutral statements to to then actually be able to hear any negatives. So, so what you want to do is notice, hey, thanks for bringing the kids on time. Like, hey, you know, thanks for giving me that notice. You just notice things like, of course, she's supposed to tell you when the thing is happening, but she told you, so say thank you, right? That's an, that's noticing the neutral. Or 
you know, commending her for something or him for something. Um, all those things are going to build up and create goodwill. So then when something goes a little awry and you mention it, the person is not set to flare up. Because remember, as annoyed you are, they also are, right? So you want to say, you want to own the things you do. Or, or if, you're, if, you're, if you do something wrong and they call you on it, just say, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. I know that saying sorry doesn't fix it. I'm going to try to do better the next time. Just say it, right? Because that's going to get you to a place of neutral, right? Okay, so now we can move on to clarity. I love clarity, but we first needed patience, respect, and peace to get to clarity because when we're clear, that's where the magic happens, right? That's when we get out of the blame. I could do like, we could do like hours on this. Out of the blame and into the visualization. What do we want? Where do we want to go in life? Like, what's our relationship with our ex? What's our relationship with our new partner? How's our dynamic with the kids? How are we moving forward? How are we getting out of the nonsense routine loop that we're in? How are we getting out of our heads, the loops that are in our heads? How are we going to stop those from playing, right? We want to cut that off, get away from the blame. And I, I call it the VER protocol, right? Visualize. I would say visualize, internalize, realize, right? So you picture what you want. You bring it in so it is 100% who you are. It's like I said to my husband, Gwyneth Paltrow said she's consciously uncoupling. I'm like, I'm writing the book and she's endorsing it. And it's going to be published by a major publisher and it is going to be like a game changer. It's going to sell crazy all around the world. And he was like, go to sleep, Gabrielle. He was like, great. Okay. And then I was like, ooh, those are fighting words. And, you know, I got HarperCollins published the book and Gwyneth Paltrow endorsed it. It's, it is read around the world. You know, it's not yet on the bestseller list, but there's still time. So, you know, it's, it's doing well in the divorce sphere at least. But, but the visualizing is like, first of all, it's so much fun, right? Like, get curious in your mind. Like, you know, I, I, do, a, I do a workshop where I have people pretend they're a kid and like get curious, like tap back into, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old you before you cared about what everybody else thought and you were just you, like, what were you playing with? What were you imagining? You want to inspire that part of you. And like, even like I can see you're smiling a little, right? It's like kind of fun. Maybe you just think I'm like crazy. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm just trying to think back to like, and, and you know, just even witnessing kids and, and their innocence and stuff like that. I mean, I, I always note that. I always see how exuberant they are without mm -hmm. even a care in the world, without even having to decide what, whether this is rational or not. They're just doing it because this is just their, creative free spirit, I guess. Right, so, right. I so mean, we can like yeah, learn something. Yeah, for sure. Totally. It's exactly, for sure. <laughs> so so that's the fourth step, right? And then the fifth one is um, forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a really big one. Forgiveness is about recognizing that holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, mm, right? Yeah, I love that. So, so um, you know, I love you. I forgive you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. It's it's the Hanaponopono prayer. Are you familiar with it? Mm -hmm. It's um. Yeah, I forgot what his name was. Uh, is it um, Doctor Vital? Is it Doctor Vital? I'm really not sure. Maybe I can't remember who created it. But yes, I but do. It's I am powerful. With that. It's amazing, right. and I mean, it's just all about 
just, you know, we're all human. We're all just like living our lives. We all want to be happy. We don't always treat each other with the respect that we should. We don't always treat ourselves with the respect that we should. We're just like living our lives. Think about like some old person in your life or some sage person in your life. And like, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be kind. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to be connected. Sometimes we can't stay really intimately connected with our ex in a meaningful way. But we still, especially if we have children, we still have a connection. And and there's something interesting that I've learned in the last few years because I'm at the age where a, a lot of um, my friends, you know, we're losing our parents now. And, um, and what I've learned is um, even if you've been divorced for a long time, if your ex dies in like 20 or 30 years, you might find yourself suddenly like really sad and you might not even know what that's about. And it's just, it is so interesting. I learned it first when my, my dad recovered, but when he was in the hospital, my mom was sort of out of sorts. And, um, you know, one of like the people who come into the hospital were sort of alerting me to this phenomenon and that made me more aware of it. And then in the last year, my, my, um, another personal story, my, my, stepfather's ex-wife and they they had a not a wonderful divorce i won't say the worst but it was not good um he was really really down for a while when she was getting really sick and my mom was calling me and i was like just bring him to her and i checked it out with my stepsister and i was like you know you know would would she see him and and apparently they had they had like a great last visit together they sat together and they talked and i think that might be the last time they talked in like 35 years so you know, in, in a real sort of way. So, um, you know, your ex, even if you hate them now, even if you're not talking, even if you're in court, like, you know, just take it for what it is in this moment of time and allow yourself the space to permit forgiveness to become part of you. Because when you forgive, that's when you tap into true emotional freedom. Okay, I know I just went on a whole thing and you have questions for me. And No, you didn't. No, that's great because it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I told you before we got on, I run a mad, uh, divorced fathers group. And, you know, some of the conversations that go on there touch a, a little bit upon things that you're mentioning here, which is like, you know, how would you feel if your your ex-spouse or your, your, your ex passed away? Would you bring your kids to the funeral? And things like that. These are questions that they ask, right? And so, it, I mean, as, as shocking as it may sound, um, it, it does ring a bell with the guys in the group so i'm glad that you're touching upon this perspective because i do share these podcasts with them and uh, and i really do hope that they listen in because there's too many things i guess like you mentioned five of them and there's a lot of things that go with those five things that you mentioned which is patience respect clarity peace forgiveness those things um when you couple all of that in with what's going on like situationally with the nuance like you mentioned and how different things can be i think just navigating that road is just so much more easier when you have this kind of like in your tool belt as like a tool to use in your divorce process that's that's right and and so the book better apart it offers lots and lots of tools that you you know for you to try on and to take with you and to do really you have to do them as a practice because you can't be like oh i'm going to be patient today like you really need to like get the book go through all the practices, see which one feels good for you. It might be a mantra. That doesn't mean, oh, mantra, I don't do mantras. Like an affirmation, like a thing you say to yourself Mm -hmm. regularly. Like I'm like totally not calm. So I always say, um, 
I am radiantly calm. I just say it to myself all day long. I'm radiantly calm, I'm radiantly calm. I'm not calm, but then something happens and I'm like, oh, I'm radiantly calm. Now that doesn't mean that suddenly I become really like calm, but it means that I yeah. reminded myself, I gotta take a minute because I'm gonna blow the heck up and I don't want to act. So- For sure, so, and like our minds don't know whether right from wrong. As no. long as you tell it to just calm down, it's gonna it's gonna do what you tell it to do. So and I and I I believe that for men, and I'm I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a divorce lawyer who plays psychologists on TV. You know, <laughs> is um that you need about ten minutes to cool off. So when you're feeling really triggered, give yourself the space before you react. That's the way to responsiveness. Mm -hmm. I also want to mention yeah. that better apart the book. I know you said that you've gone through a bunch of it. The second half of the book is all integrating those five elements into which way do I go? Do I go to court? Do I use a mediator? Do I use a collaborative lawyer? You know, it goes through the finances. How does peace get into finance? How does patience get into your spreadsheet? It's all, it's all explained. Mm. Then I go I into that. lots of depth, you know, eight considerations for co-parenting plans. Like there's just, there's so much depth to, you know, where these five key elements integrate into the nuts and bolts of your divorce even so far as social media right like i'm going to tell you right now and i know it's so basically impossible not to be on social media but like stay off as much as you can during the period of time that your divorce is happening post as little if you want to talk to your you know you in your group chats with your friends whatever i'm not saying not to do that but you know, when you start seeing pictures of your ex, they look so gorgeous, they look so happy, they look so everything's great, and you're paying them all this money, and you're like, what the heck? You know, heck, bleep. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's not, things are not what they look like they are. Mm. Let's talk about that a little bit since we're on it. Um, I have a question from the group. Let's pull it up. Um, it just made me think about this. Um, okay, so... I'm not going to mention who who said it. Um, he says, my ex and I have 50-50 custody of our two daughters. My ex and I are both realtors. My ex has made six-figure incomes in the past. So why am I stuck paying child support? So I need a lot more information to answer that question. Mm -hmm. um, she might make, I don't know how much you make. I don't know what your parenting plan is. Beyond I think he said, I think he said that they both, I think they both make, over six figures. I think that's what he meant. That's what he meant. And so they both have a similar income, I guess is what they're saying. He's like, why am I paying the child? Maybe support? maybe um, you got more property during the property distribution phase. Maybe, I mean, there's- He's, I from, need more. he's from Delaware. Does that, does that make any difference? No, it wouldn't make a difference, but- I know it's very vague. Difference. I know it's very vague. No, I mean, I, I'm not licensed other than in New York and Massachusetts, but I will tell you that generally in a 50-50 parenting plan, the only reason one person would pay the other is because they earn more. Now, it may be that what you're paying for is for extracurriculars. Maybe you're paying back something from the past. To be honest, that's the sort of thing that somebody could look at your agreement and explain to you exactly why you're paying if in fact, None of that's true. You had a 50-50 division of assets. You didn't just have a windfall because somebody just died and the court took that into account. You don't have a, a trust or money that you're actually earning that 
in fact makes it that you earn more. If there's, you know, if actually the playing field is even and she just straight up earns more, maybe you need to go back to court. I just can't answer that with more information. So that's yeah. the best I can do. No, I think you did I think you did pretty well. The way that you're presenting the the question, I will say it does sound like you should go back to court for a modification, but I can't say that necessarily. And I will tell whoever that is that if you want like the inexpensive way to consult with me just for information, I'm not licensed in your state, is to do my better part master class online and put in the code better 30 you'll get 30 dollars off and then you get a free consultation with me so if you want to talk about it more anyway okay sweet yeah, another question i know you said before we got on yeah, you had a bunch sure. of questions um so one one is a little bit i guess a little backhanded so i'm not going to talk about that one <laughs> um okay here um why okay i guess what he's saying here is why is it important to ask them for numbers ask ask them how successful they are ask them what they specialize in and just not hire a general solicitor why is it oh, so, why is it so important question. to hire hire someone who specializes in law i am and so why glad. is it important to not media pay or or what what's the differentiating so let's, let's okay. talk a little bit about both of those questions. Okay, so I'm gonna answer all those questions. That's like one of my favorite questions. The Both of those are favorite questions. So, mm. okay, number one, the reason you don't wanna hire a general practitioner, unless, if, if you and your spouse are in 100% agreement of everything and you have very little and she has every, very little and you have no kids and you've been married for two years, you could practically do it yourself. A general lawyer or a solicitor, depending on where you live, might be just fine, but you don't want someone who is not specialized in divorce law to do your divorce because they don't know what to make a fuss over and what not to make a fuss over. You wouldn't have, you know, a general doctor perform knee surgery, right? You'd go to a knee surgeon. You want someone who really understands the law. You want someone who understands if you're litigating, you, you want a litigator who understands the way that the, the lawyers in your particular um, jurisdiction where you live are going to handle things. If you just, like I, when I used to litigate, sometimes I could always tell when the other lawyer was really a criminal lawyer because they would like fight about everything. And I'd be like, dude, this is not like a win-lose situation, right? This is like, mm -hmm. this is a family that we're trying to address and create into a much more stable, transformed family, right? So, so, if you have a family friend or something who's a lawyer who you want to use, that might be okay to like process some papers at the end, but please do yourself a favor, spend a little bit of money and get someone who has a background in divorce law specifically. That's number one. Number two, the distinction between mediation and um, getting an attorney is the mediator is a neutral third party. Like the reason I can mediate in Canada and England and California and New York is because I don't need to know the law in all those places. All I'm doing is helping you to arrive at an agreement that you both feel that you can live with to move forward. Now, if you're gonna use a mediator, you I would advise you to first go to a lawyer and find out the range of outcomes if you were to go to your local court because you, and, and hire a 
local divorce lawyer, right? So if you know, okay, here's the range, right? And here's, so in other words, that's the way you can set your high low for money, for how support's gonna go, how debt allocation's gonna go, how property division is going to go. Um, and, and the same with parenting plans. At, you know, how many weeks is a judge gonna give me in the summer? Find that out because your mediator, even if they are local, they may not tell you their, their, their job is to be neutral. Now, mediation, if you have an uneven dynamic and you don't feel that you can speak up for yourself, the mediator is not there to help you. It doesn't mean you can't do mediation. It just means you might have to have your lawyer present at the mediation table. That makes sense? Mm, I think that, yeah, I think that's really great information to touch upon the little different nuances between and, them. Because and one I other think thing, people in this situation right now thinking about that. There's, um, have you heard of collaborative law? Uh, yeah, I've heard of collaborative law. So, so collaborative law is, is sort of like a hybrid. It's where you decide not to go to court, but you each have a lawyer, but there is no neutral mediator there necessarily. So that's just another option that might mm -hmm. be available to some of your listeners. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you're, okay, so we'll, we'll segue a little bit from the questions. I think that's, I think that's all that's popping up right now. Um, what are your, I know in, in the book you talk about how some of the, two biggest problems are children and finances, but let's talk um, like some of the things that you get involved with, like what are some things that, like some common problems, if you were to wish people to be like, look, this is butta, butta, butta. What, what is that butta, butta, butta? Like what would you want to tell people? Like, I mean, I mean, what I, I know what you've I never think... heard a question asked like that before. No, so, so what I think about is like, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff, right? Like. I wish people would understand that how you treat each other impacts your kids' self-esteem. If you think less of your spouse, your kid is more apt to feel a little less of themselves because they are half of your spouse, right? So when you cut down the other spouse, which is totally natural to do, even if you think you're not doing it, we all do it somewhat. It's totally human, but just catch yourself and do your best to be respectful. Go out on Mother's Day and get her flowers for the kids to give her. Go out on Father's Day and get him, you know, whatever he wants. Maybe he wants flowers too, whatever he wants, you know. <laughs> um, be, teach your children to be respectful of their co-parent. And also, on the money piece, um, you know, people fight an awful lot about the house, the marital home. And I feel like um, ultimately it's not your life, it's your house. Now I understand there's cases where you built your house, like you literally physically built your house or like you put your, your whole self into the house and it may feel like it's being minimized, like people's dogs, people can't understand that dogs are viewed as property, like a couch, not like a human, right? That's really hard for people to understand. Mm -hmm. Similarly with the house. And also don't assume that you and your ex are totally on two different pages, pages all the time. One really handy trick that I know, and the, one of the reasons I have such a good track record resolving cases is because I know that most of our positions are just reflections of our fears and they're not necessarily what we really want. So 
if we can get behind our fear or figure out what our excess fear is, then when we can address the underlying need, then we can stop fighting. So lawyers don't like to hear that necessarily because what that means is they're going to go, they're going to make less money because they're going to go to court less, right? Because because you can, we can actually all be satisfied a lot of the time, you know. Like some of us just have like vindictive exes, but like a lot of us, you know, like if you're the one who doesn't make the money, you might be like afraid. Oh my gosh, where am I going to live? But instead, you're like, I need this house. I need this house. I need this house. Maybe you don't even really care about the house, and maybe the solution is you get some more cash. I mean, just just keep your mind open. I wish everybody would keep their mind open. Know your position. Know your vision. Like I was talking about. Know it. Yeah. and be flexible around it because what, what was you that know, visualize visualize internalize. internalize so internalize. what i'm doing is I'm lifting up my arms and i'm pulling them in and then i'm realizing it visualize internalize realizing it. that's what it is it's yes. the ver i, I call that. it the v-i-r the ver, ver, ver protocol ver. <laughs> Good, i love that i'm writing that down i have three sons cool. believe me they make fun of me a lot <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, no, this is all great. I think I, you know, like, I, first of all, I just want to take a moment and, and thank you a lot for doing what you do, putting yourself in a position to impact the world. And I, and I always admire and get inspired by people like you. Um, so thank you for, you know, just sharing some of your wisdom and, you know, everything that you've been putting out there in the world. It's, it's going to definitely impact a lot of people. So I want to thank you for that. Um, secondly, what, where do you see um, this, you know, going in like, five years like what do you want to what do, what do you see yourself doing I know we talked a lot about the past and the things that you're doing now but like what do you see yourself like in five years I mean I know that's such a cliche question to ask but like what what, what do you see for yourself? <laughs> what are you gonna do I mean I'm hoping that I'm training lawyers and um, divorce coaches all over the world to practice in a more wholehearted spirited way where we're really truly serving our clients in a meaningful way and i and i hope that i'm always keeping a um a small online mediation practice because i really love working with people one-to-one -one. um but i'd like to segue mm -hmm. more into education um and you know keep the one-to-one you know, the divorce strategy and the mediation as just part of it. So, um, yeah, I'd say teaching online, teaching by talking and um, really just spreading the word and being, you know, I used to say I'm going to be the glorious dynamo of divorce, right? Like of the changing the divorce <laughs> conversation in a really positive way. Maybe that's a bad analogy for a male um, Facebook group, but you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I just mean I got, like, keep it positive, it, yeah. keep it real. And know that like everything's gonna be okay. It's just about taking that step back. And again, I'm so bad at taking the step back, but like you can really do it. I got lots of I've got lots of nuggets for you. Um, and you know, any of your listeners who want to reach out and just have a divorce strategy session with me, I'm more than happy um, to do that over a Zoom platform or on the phone or whatever. Because um, sometimes people do need a little extra boost to get through for sure i i'm already thinking of a couple of people i can think about um just sending your way so this is awesome um where can people find you where are you usually connected over on instagram is that where your main platform so, is or where are you usually I, i'm very very active on instagram i'm also um i've got two different feeds 
on um did, wait were we on linkedin or instagram i don't know i'm because i'm very active connected on, on instagram oh yeah. we did on yeah so on, well. in, okay. on instagram i'm at gabrielle underscore hartley underscore esq and i'm also at at better apart so i have two instagram feeds you can find me at and then okay. i'm very active on linkedin just at gabrielle hartley but for people who are just doing social media um I do have a Facebook page, which is at Gabrielle L. Hartley. You can find links to everything if you go to my website. That's probably the easiest thing to put in your show notes, which is GabrielleHartley.com. Perfect. And I will probably invite you on to do a Facebook Live inside of my group. I mean, there's a few Yeah, I'd be, I would be honored to come uh, to your group. And, um, and that would I would be awesome encourage you just get to the nitty gritty of some stuff. Yeah, that would be great. And and if we do that, maybe we have a group um, who does you know who who educates themselves in the better part method, and then we can do a special group where we dive in with them on the method itself. So they can just mm, you know yeah. sign up for the masterclass or pick up the book or whatever, and we can take it from there. That would be a lot of fun. Cool. Fun. Sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, this should be going out on Thursday, so hopefully uh, we can get some people ramped up for it. But um, no, thank you for coming on the show. Like I said, I'm super grateful for that. I'm going to ask you one last question before we do oh, that. No. <laughs> uh, but I just want to express more, more and more gratitude to you for uh, you know putting yourself out there and doing the things that you do because a lot of um, you know there's we got to change the stereotype. I mean, uh, there's I think when we were all going through the divorce process, I think a lot of people think lawyers and litigators aren't uh human beings themselves where they well feel like they don't have there's some truth to that uh, because the <laughs> <laughs> i mean we can do a whole entire conversation <laughs> i'm sorry my brethren but it's it's um it's a hard narrative to change i actually call it the positive divorce movement and i i put that mm. on linkedin all the time and i always smile to myself when some of like the <laughs> toughest litigators in New York City, you know, like my posts and it's like, bring on the positive divorce movement, you know, it's funny. It's because they well, know the, me. I think they're, I think they're, they're, that too. And I think they realize, you know, like there, there is a little bit of truth to, you know, everything that you're putting out there and why it's so There's a lot of other truth. Other than having to be so. <laughs> they yeah. Just and you know, I mean, exactly exactly so i love that and um okay so let's take you to the last part of the question uh the last part of the show where i ask you uh, one last question and i'm sure you have a lot of wisdom and, and some nuggets of uh gold that you can give to us because you know everybody goes through it and a lot of people find me um, after a heartbreak so whether it be a divorce or separation but you mentioned a little bit about death in the family as well too and that can be heartbreaking as well and so when somebody is going through a certain heartbreak of some sort in their life and they're just kind of down and out what would you say to that person just to remember that this moment in your life is not your life and then to take each day take each day in the smallest segment as possible and try to give yourself as much compassion as possible to move through moment by moment and in fact um, Another group, my grandparents, God bless them. <laughs> one of my, I had my grandparents for a long time, and one of them, I, I had a, a hard breakup at some point in my life, and I was like so sad. And my grandma said to me, um, you know, take it one day at a time, and if you can't take it a day at a time, take it an hour at a time, and if you can't do that, just take the moments as they come. I thought that was really, mm. I, I got a lot of solace. Beautiful. 
love it. I think we've got to end it right there on that. That was awesome. Gabrielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was really fun.